1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money, investing, savings, retirement, and much, much, much more. Every now and then I get great emails. Every now and then I get horrible emails. You can always drop me an email at Rob at RobBlackShow.com. Last week, I got one of those horrible ones where someone's life was going along well. She'd saved enough for retirement, and she'd reached out to me to hook her up with a CFP. And right there, the story goes a little bit bad. 70 plus years old, has enough to retire, had a great career, um, lived in California, but was assuming things were going to continue to go well, and a curveball hit her where her parents got sick, and the cost of the living went higher, and she had to make some decisions that are great for social reasons, you know, loving your family, but sometimes it depletes your bank account, and it, it stinks. I feel really, really bad for people um, as they get later in life and have to make some tough decisions. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just trying to show you how to get to retirement. Let's talk about Wall Street. The s 500 today, I think, is awaiting the final Fed meeting of 2023. So the Fed meets this week. What will the central bankers do? Will they hint at when they'll begin to cut rates or will they no, go, nope, we're keeping our eye on CPI and PPI and PC indexes and we're watching inflation and we're going to make sure that goes down first. No victory lap. We're not there yet. That's kind of the expectation for what the Fed might say this week. Now, again, we do get the CPI on Tuesday and the PPI on Wednesday. So we'll have some fresh data to kind of assess. Is it going to be five rate cuts in 2024? Is it going to be three rate cuts in 2024? Is it going to be any rate cuts in 2024? Is it going to be longer for last year as far as higher rates go? Macy's shares rallied 16% on the news. The retailers received a buyout offer of $5.8 billion. Man, that company has been in a slow grind down. I think once one of the most important retailers in the country, times have changed. If you go into a Macy's today, um, and I will go into a Macy's when there's that Macy's superstar sale, red star sale of the year. I don't mind getting towels for 80% off. Nice quality hotel towels. I'm good with that. Um, but that's the only time I'll go in. When I go into Macy's today, part of me has this weird fantasy of wanting to like knock down all the racks Like as a football player. I'm not a football player. I've never been a football player. Um, unless you count European football it's just too big of a store to me and there's never enough people there and when you do want to find someone to help you you feel like they're always on lunch break so i get why macy's has struggled and then there's amazon.com um but i guess it's still nice to the macy's day thanksgiving parade but they're going private again again <clears throat> The Nasdaq's up 38% for the year. The ESP 500 up 20% for the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 9.3%. Bitcoin up 164% for the year. Whoa. After having a hellacious 22, snapback 2023. It seems to go hand in hand with what the Nasdaq does or what speculative risk does. Spotify's up 141% for the year. That's one of those companies that I really like to explain to you what a total addressable market is. They've got 250 million plus subscribers. Even though my kids have Apple music as part of our Apple family plan, they both want Spotify. I hate those kids. (laughs) I say that lovingly. Pinkmas says shoppers dreaming of a pink Christmas. White Christmas is out. Pink Christmas is in. In the year of the blockbuster Barbie hashtag, uh, in the year of the blockbuster Barbie movie, the hashtag hashtag Pink Christmas has more than 478 million views on TikTok. It's been tagged 244,000 times on Instagram. Netflix is going to serve up some live tennis featuring Rafael Nadal and Alcaraz in an exhibition match called the Netflix Slam in Las Vegas on March 3rd. It's the Streaming Giants company's latest live sports event. I'm not big enough into tennis to say like, Ooh, I'm going to keep my Netflix subscription for that. But live events do have an appeal. They, I don't think they found the right one. When they did Chris Rock live, that was kind of close. But I felt it was a little bit cheesy as well. Um, Taylor Swift turns 34 on Wednesday. Happy birthday to a pillar of the U.S. economy. I know you're saying, can we please be done with Taylor Swift? Not yet. Housing market may turn lower next year is a big story. Mortgage rates are going to fall probably to 6%. It's expected by the end of 2024. Rates have fallen from 8% to 7% so far in the last month. The housing market may turn a corner next year is the thought, but don't expect the housing sector to improve significantly. Rates are still considerably higher than that 4%, 3% mortgage that we kind of got used to in the 2010s. No one I have seen expects sales to remain slow. Uh, due to poor, uh, and let's expect home sales to remain slow due to poor affordability, tight credit conditions, and a slowing economy. So I, I think we're turning the corner is what I'm getting at. But it's not going to be like, ooh, here we are, happy days Ah, hey, again. It's not going to be that in the housing market. 2023 was the least affordable year on record since 2012 on buying a home. Rule of thumb in personal finance is you should never spend more than 30% of your income on housing. And it's become unrealistic really recently. Shohei the money. Shohei Otani got a $700 million to move 30 miles. In bad news, to San Francisco Giant fans, Japanese Major League Baseball superstar and two-time MVP Shohei Otani is going to receive $700 million over the next 10 years. How do they do that? Just to give you an idea, that's the largest contract in the history of North American sports. And across all of global sports, the contract's value is nearly $275 million higher than the previous record. That's 64% higher than the last record. That's nuts. It's, his contract next year will be worth more than the opening day payroll of two teams. Him, just him. Is he worth it? Yes. He dazzles on the field. He dazzles as a pitcher. Elite level on both. But his superstar really comes off the field in his native Japan um, and for the Dodgers now in advertising. Otani's moved to the Dodgers. will have a $444 million economic impact. Not quite Taylor Swift, but close. Japanese visitors coming to watch Otani in the U.S. spent $8 million last year. Japanese firms have been about the same to advertise just at the Angel Stadium. It's a win for all firms, all teams, because the revenue from international broadcasting is split by all 30 Major League Baseball teams evenly. And that's what I think the story is here, is he's an international superstar and this sports trying to expand internationally. Hey, we need a referral of a certified financial planner. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at rob Black Show. Com.
1: Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by E.P. Well, thanks
2: for listening to the show. I'm going to have a pints and portfolio in the middle of January, which means on a Saturday, I'm going to drive to your local neighborhood, find a brewery and uh, go over your portfolios with you. Um, go over any questions that you might have about financial planning. I'm going to bring a financial planner with me so he can answer those. There's a lot of things in financial planning I can't answer. And there's a lot of things I'm specifically told not to talk about. Um, And it's not a conspiracy or anything. It's just that I'm not qualified per se. And uh, play by the rules. Play by the rules. Let's take a quick look at the markets. Earlier today, it kind of had a wait and see kind of feel to it. And I'm okay with that. I don't need instant gratification. We've had an amazing year. I feel really comfortable about next year. It looks like we're going to avoid a hard landing recession. Um, I don't understand a lot of what's going on in the world. Like, I'm not going to ever to make the show about what's happening at the University of Pennsylvania or Harvard or anything like that. um, I will say that the world's a little. Problematic, but the world's always problematic. Israel and Hamas has happened before. It seems like it'll happen again. Israel and Palestine has happened before. It seems like it'll happen again. There's been a high price of oil. there Has been a low price of oil? There's been conflicts around the world on a regular basis. Could something happen in 2024 to be a complete curveball? Yeah. If China's leader, Xi, feels like he's losing power, maybe he says, you know, time to go into Taiwan. Time to take that back that was originally ours. We want it. Anything can happen. I'm not saying it will. I'm saying those are the kind of curveballs you have to be ready for on Wall Street. I think investors may need to display agility in 2024. As Mike Tyson famously once said, everybody has plans until they get hit in the face. So, yeah, everybody has plans until they get hit in the face. That's true, Mike. Please don't beat me up. Um, Can you imagine taking one hit from that man? That's the scary hit. Remember when he was out of control and he hit someone in like a hotel lobby? I could not imagine. Um, So... Next year we just don't know what's gonna happen with the economy perfectly. But we're saying, like if this continues to play out like it's playing out with the CPI and the PPI coming down, with inflation getting to more sustainable levels for the long term, with the Fed saying that's our goal and we're getting close to that goal, will they back off before we hit that goal? That's the thought, because interest rates are higher than expected expected at this point in time we expect them to normalize now that doesn't mean we go back down to three percent mortgages that's gonna be a problem for the housing market we're not going back to three to four percent mortgages right now we've gone from eight percent mortgages to seven percent mortgages we might go to six percent mortgages but six is still a long way off from three to four you know i think coming out of this very unusual environment from the pandemic the fiscal stimulus that we had in the system this ability for households and businesses to lock in low interest rates It created tremendous uncertainty about the pass-through of the monetary policy tightening into the real economy and the impact that's going to have. So 2024 is not going to be the easiest of years. Now, let me do some quick math and pull out my abacus and see where we are on the S&P 500. We're right around 4,600. I'm taking a look at some polls on some recent economists for big brokerage firms and what they're expecting Oppenheimer expects the SP 500 to year-end be at 5,200. Fundstrat, 5,200. Deutsche Bank, 5,100. RBC, 5,000. Bank of America, 5,000. Now, again, we're at 4,600 now, roughly, right? Yep, 4,600, almost even today, 4,606. Morgan Stanley expects us to be at 4,500. Now, that may mean that they haven't updated their forecast yet, but I'm looking at their forecast. I don't think you want to put your uh, strategy on autopilot for 2024. I would really like to see small caps and mid caps and international stocks outperform in 2024. That does not mean I'm selling all my large caps. I will always tinker a little bit with my allocations on small, mid, large, but not crazy. Right now, technology stocks are rich. The big ones, not the small ones. I expect the smaller tech companies to play a little catch up next year. And by smaller, I'm not, I'm saying anything but the big seven, essentially. And I'm just talking about it as an index and not as individual names. Charles Schwab's Lizanne Saunders says exercise discipline and avoid zombie companies. She said this is the time for discipline risk management, and it's about diversification, rebalancing. Best way to navigate through an uncertain environment. She said, I think you want to fade to use Trader Lego the lower quality names that have done well, that continue to lean up in the quality spectrum. She noted the indexes with profitability. Filters inherently are higher quality. She's talking about the Russell 2000. It's the most widely used benchmark for small cap indices, it's outperformed the SP 500 last month. She says that investors uh, should stay close to 40% of stocks in that index are not profitable. 31% of stocks in that index are zombie companies versus the SP 600, which has a profitability filter. So she's saying, look at the S&P 600, because Rob keeps talking about the Russell 2000, but she doesn't like a lot of the stocks in the Russell 2000. Guess what? Liz Ann Saunders is smarter than me. So I'm going to take that advice and take a look at the S&P 600 today. One minute. She says... I want you to think about companies that are profitable. And I do too. So I'll back what she's saying, not without abandon, but with research. Northwestern Mutual says expect leadership changes. He says, if you look back in the 70s and 80s, leadership in the market has changed. I don't think that investors will be talking about um, momentum stocks next year. Thirty. He thinks there's other values and other opportunities in small and mid-cap. So the small and mid-cap theme continues to come up, right? It's not just me. Spend less than you earn. Invest your savings into a diversified portfolio. Good advice for 2024. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
1: You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Here's winding
2: down, but I'm still here. Thanks for sticking with me. You can find me online, robblackshow.com. Recently moved the show from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. It gives me a little bit more time to put my thoughts together, which is nice for you. Starting my day at four stinks. Now I start my day at five, a little bit better, a little bit more humane. Um, you know, a story that I find fascinating recently, and this is stock I would own. This is a stock um, I do own, um, not directly, but indirectly through S&P 500 funds. McDonald's, you know, what's fascinating about them is they want to go up to 50,000 stores by 2027. Um, they're in the 40, low 40,000s right now. That's a lot of growth. That's a lot of nuggets. That's a lot of Big Macs. Right now, they've got 41,198 locations. They want to go to 50,000. And they're also starting up a new concept store called Cosmics, where you can like stop pretzel bites. It's kind of like the midday snacker. Um, will it work or not? I don't know. You know, one concept they used to have that they sold off way too early, they spun it off. They own Chipotle's. Wow i don't want to say they blew that one by not holding on to it. They've got a loyalty base of 250 million plus. Um, they want to up their delivery orders. They want to um, seat fewer and fewer people in the restaurants and get them through the fa- uh, get them through the drive through or the pickup. I kind of believe it or not, they have a. a they have a growth story. I didn't think I'd be saying that. That's fascinating to me. It's got a I would buy it today. It's a reasonable company. Would I make money in year one? Nope. Year two? Nope. Year three, four, five. I think so. Nice little dividend. Nice little valuation of around twenty times earnings in a market that we look at and we, we struggle with the valuations. <clears throat> as far as how we gonna earn that. Tell so to me now. Tony Mendez, radio host of The Real Estate Report, Wednesdays from 2 o'clock on AM 1220. He's also an office manager at Classic Home Loans. Tony, I did a story earlier in the segments, how the housing market may turn the corner next year. But it's still not going to be great because it's just not terribly affordable. Mortgage rates have gone from 8% to 7% recently. Expectations are for mortgage rates to go from 7% to 6% by the end of next year and yet still there's very poor affordability because 6% is not 2 or 3%. What are you seeing in the mortgage market, Tony?
3: Yeah, yeah. good morning. Um, mortgage affordability or housing affordability hit a, a record high this year in October and November. And Lack of coming off of that with the mortgage rates dropping from 8 to 7 or near 7 if you want to call it that, has actually shown a pretty... Um, Good news for the consumers. We have 15% increase in applications right now for refinancing purchases. And so you can see how rates really play into the um, optimism or pessimism into the market right now. But we do see 2024 playing out very similar to um, this year, except a little bit more inventory.
2: Okay. Inventory would be good because it gives people options. Inventory is good because they don't feel... If they lose one deal, there there may be another deal to come down the road, and they don't have to overbid and overstretch, i.e. don't break that rule of 30% of your income to pay for your housing, but people have been doing it. That's where the affordability phrase comes in. What else are you seeing out there, Tony? Um, 2024, you're optimistic about. That's kind of nice to hear, but not wildly you know, optimistic. It,
3: for For there to be buyers, there has to be sellers. And right. as the rates drop... Sellers are feeling a bit more comfortable about, you know, getting rid of their property. They're seeing a really good price for their property now, and that frees up inventory and gives really it's more choices that buyers have. It's, they've been really limited on choices, so that's part of the optimism, as well as sellers are agreeing to more concessions. Really, it, it depends. You know, Local markets are going to be a little bit different than regionally, but um, sellers are a little bit more overall um, agreeing to concessions.
2: Thanks very much. That's Tony Mendez. He is with Classic Home Loans. They're a mortgage broker. You can find him online at com. That's com. You can catch his shows Wednesdays at 2 o'clock here on AM 1220. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting year for housing. And I own a home. And in the last two years, my home has fallen in value after the first year of owning this home. I've owned it about three years now of rocketing in value. I'm not stressed by that. I think water finds its own level. I think home prices find their own level. For me, it's about working with someone who can help you with financing to get the best possible rate. And at the start of this year, I talked about in 2020, and what I said was I'd like to buy another home in 18 to 24 months. If the perfect home comes on the market or when rates start to fall, um, so I probably won't buy one in the first three months of 2024, but I'd still like to buy another home in the last six months of 2024 if I could find the right house. Just the inventory has been wrong, and what I'm looking for the right house. I'm either looking for a rental property or a property to retire in, and maybe rent that out for a f- couple years or fix it up for a couple years before I get to that point of going. You know, kids are done with high school. I'd like a one level house, maybe walking distance to a beach. Something like that, right? That's my retirement idea. Still not very well flushed out, though. Saw Trevor Noah last night. Not funny. I was disappointed. Um, Loved him on The Daily Show. One of my routines at night is I jump on YouTube and I watch the opening segments of The Daily Show. Jimmy Kimmel, maybe. You get the idea, right? Seth Meyers, to see what the monologues are and that's like okay my head goes time to go to bed now but i what's interesting about that is I, i mentioned i do it on youtube and i pay for youtube and i think it's the best investment ever because i watch most of my television on youtube now um i don't watch the late night comedians on abc nbc cbs or fox i watch them on youtube um and get to pay 15 bucks to not have commercials i'm in Last thing I want to do before I go to bed is see a commercial. And I know you're saying, well, you're rich, Rob, because you're paying for, you know, that privilege of not having commercials. That's right. Elsewhere out there, Macy's has received a $5.8 billion buyout offer from Arkhouse House Management and Brigade Capital Management. A take private offer of $21 a share is a bet the trouble retailer can execute its turnaround strategy way better out of the scrutiny of public markets. When you fire people in closed stores, it comes across as a negative when it's a publicly traded company when you do it in private no one really knows they can't hear the sheep scream paris uh one deal, another deal that's fallen apart cygna's mega combination with humana that deal would have been one of the largest of the decade cygna's walking away from talks after struggling to agree on price the insurer now plans a significant increase of its stock buybacks Wall Street tends to like that. In the world of golf, Fenway Sports Group led consortium is in the running to be a co-investor in the entity being formally formed by the PGA Tour with Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund and DP World Tour. I can't say that I can get excited about golf as far as a show investment conversation on the station. I wish I could. But I can't. Company that I like very much, Taiwan Semiconductor CEO, predicts big AI chip demand but sees three key challenges. I think this is one of the greatest companies on the planet, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing. They are saying the surging demand for artificial intelligence chips has created new problems for the semiconductor industry that must be solved. Reducing power consumption is becoming more important as AI power demand could easily triple in the next two years. Taiwan semiconductor dominates the market for high-end chips making. They're going to be the main supplier for making AI chips for NVIDIA. Company also makes core processors for Apple phones, Qualcomm mobile chipsets, processors made by AMD. They get about 50%, six, 56% of the market share of third-party chip manufacturing, followed by Samsung with 12%. So they basically make chips for other people. You design them. We make them. 2024, according to the CEO of Taiwan Semiconductor, is a year with uncertainty as inflation remains high. The cost of everything is increasing due to external factors by working together. He thinks we can make it. Love a CEO with a positive message. <laughs> that seems a little silly to me. Um, I don't know why, but I'm just going with that. Starbucks had an 11-day-in-a-row stock skid when I see numbers like that, I become interested. I like buying high quality names at a discount or that's really careful. I got to be curious. you know, when I say discount 11 days down, could be because it's a really bad market, a bear market. It could be because something dramatic's happening with the company. It could be because they had a great fall. Well, in this case, they're up to a 2.2% today after that 11 day skid. Um one minute I don't want to talk too much about that, but that's something that I look for. Um 2024, as far as Starbucks goes, it has a little bit of that Ozempic weight loss drug, kind of scaring the all food companies of maybe we'll just use eat less food. And that includes mcdonald's that includes uh pepsico that includes grocery stores in general does it include starbucks i can't see that i can't see that but you see where i'm going at with that 11 down days maybe it's being tied towards that ozipic story anyhow and anyway you can find me online at robblackshow.com it's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black.
1: This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com.
2: Thanks for listening to the broadcast, podcast, show. You can always find me online at robblackshow.com. Anywhere you get podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Spotify. I'm done with live events for the year, but if you need a referral to a financial planner, I highly recommend it if you have $500,000 or more in investable assets and you're 50-ish. Um, I use a financial planner, not necessarily for the investments, but for the estate planning, for the tax planning, for the tax efficiency, and many other services, including, I, I'll tell you what, Medicare. That's I'm not in Medicare age, but it freaks me out trying to figure out the right plan, because I see people right now who are struggling with it. Taking a look on three top Wall Street strategists sharing their New Year's resolutions for 2024. You're going to start hearing more about forecast at the end of the year. Um, Following the weight of the evidence right now, you want to stay agile Right now, being overweight, large caps, technology and communications. But at some point during the year, it'll make sense to dig hard into small cap companies. The one that I really liked today was Liz Ann Saunders saying, "Hey Rob, take a." She didn't say, "Hey Rob." She said, "Take a look at the S and P 600 because they're all profitable." The S and P small cap index, the Russell 2000, they're not all profitable. So she goes, "I like small cap, Rob." But, and this is big but, profitable small cap. Wise advice from the and You know, I would, I paid like 40 bucks to see Trevor Nella last night. Not funny. Just, I, I was expecting more. And it felt like he was trying out stuff. And you don't try out stuff for the Masonic in San Francisco. But um, I was expecting more. I would pay the money that I pay to see him to see Liz and Sounders stock. Those are the things that I really like. Apple stock is just one percent from its all-time high. Today it's slipping, having a trouble taking out the all-time high. That's a technical phrase. That's a technical term. Take it out its all-time high. It feels a little bit, and I don't want to say stressful. But it feels um we're eyeballing it. And when companies take out if you know 52-week lows or 52-week highs or 200-day highs or 200-day lows, 200-day highs tells you there's a lot of momentum in the stock. 200-day lows, there's, there's not a lot of interest in the stock. I don't mind looking technically at stocks. It's not the only thing I'm going to do, though. Tim Cook asked to launch one of the most expensive products Apple's ever launched, the Vision Pro. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, the Quest Three is pretty good. The Vision Pro by Apple is going to be five times greater than the Quest Three. But where does the five hundred dollars and thirty five hundred dollars come to? Thirty five hundred dollars for the Vision Pro, five hundred dollars for the Quest Three. Where are we are we comfortable with a thousand dollar product? Because you know Apple's going to bring down the product, either the specs to get the price lower, or over time technology will get the price lower. Morgan Stanley analyst Eric Woodring posted a uh, interesting price target on. Uh, Apple, he boosted his price target recently from 210 to 220, implying 13 percent upside, which is a pretty good year on the S&P 500. So is his price target in the next 12 months? It is. Would I put everything in Apple? I would not. I own shares of Apple. It trades for 26 times earnings. Historically, it trades between 18 and 32 times, so I want to see more buybacks. I want to see an increase in dividend, and I want to see some increase in revenue. Just throwing that down there for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, renters will get a golden opportunity next year. Big discounts. That's the expectation. High costs have called in, high costs have called in the question of homeownership status. A shift in preferences may be underway, but there's a more immediate financial reason to consider renting over buying. Large multifamily construction projects were completed in the first 10 months of 2023. More than any 10-month period since 1987. So there's a surge in new units. That should help soften rents is the expectations. Um. I have no problem renting. There's no shame in renting as long as you're investing what you're saving from renting and buying into maybe a housing fund. It's expected that rent will be lower next year by about one point one percent in Austin, Portland, San Francisco, Phoenix, Atlanta. They're going to fall more dramatically than that one point one percent because they they went up more. Um, a lot of multifamily properties went up in Orange County, Boston, Detroit, San Diego, Philadelphia, Denver, Atlanta, Phoenix, Austin, Minneapolis, compared with the other percentages of the United States. So you would probably expect rents to fall in those cities more. It's all fun stuff to watch, right? Um, Other things to hit. Let's take a quick look. Um, Oh, some people are calling for this. I find this interesting when people do this. Um, I don't find it useful, but I find it interesting. Um, people are looking at Magnificent Seven and they're going Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, Nvidia, and Tesla. Which ones are likely to split their stock next year? And it's expected Meta and Nvidia will split their stock because they're three hundred. They're in the three hundred dollar range and the four hundred dollar range. And a stock split doesn't change the underlying value of a company. It's more financial engineering to me than anything else. But it's a good story. Meta's around $327, results have a good future potential. Um, I like Meta for the long-term patient investor. What they're able to do in eyeballs on a single day is equivalent to 10 Super Bowls plus. And they have some cleaning up to do with their social issues. But NVIDIA at $466 a share, I could see a split easily. Just for headlines, PR reasons, that'd be kind of sexy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks
1: for listening. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth.